Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, here we are, the fellowship of the thankful. We come to your courts with thanksgiving. We come in your, with praise, and we say so, Lord. We thank you. We say that you are worthy of all of our praise. We thank you, Lord. We pray that everything that will be said today will be to your honor and to your glory because you alone are worthy today and all year long. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Antioch. <laughs> Welcome home. I am so glad to be here with you this morning. You can take that. I mean, it's great, but... <laughs> Okay, I got to get set up here. Thank you. Okay, I have a question for you this morning right off the bat. How many of you already have up your Christmas tree? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's what I thought, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, we have plans to put it up later today, and that never happens. I mean, in 37 years of marriage, we're always into December before we do that. But we're doing it this year. We're going early. You know, and I know a lot of people, I've been hearing a lot of people saying, we're putting ours up early. I got the cutest little picture of my granddaughter uh, touching the Christmas tree in Arkansas. So, but I think I understand why. I really think it's a way to reset 2020. There is so much hope and joy associated with Christmas. <laughs> All five senses get into the action. You know, there's the smell, the taste, the touch, the sight, the sounds. All of these components of the season affect our outlook and mood and attitude. I want us to talk this morning, though, for a few minutes about something else that we can and should implement every day of the year to re set. It was the week prior to the election <laughs> that I agreed to speak on thankfulness on November 22nd. I told David, a lot can transpire between now and the 22nd of November. <laughs> and of course, he had the perfect reply, as always. He said, yes, but the truth is still the same. Yeah. yeah. I said, yeah. <laughs> In the midst of the 2020 pandemic and election, and all the fallout from both of those, God's general will, as stated in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, is still the same. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Can it really be that simple? It almost feels trite to say it, doesn't it? But it's spelled out very clearly in the Word of God. It's not just a good idea. It's a command. It's a command for the people of God, a requirement. Now, Anne Voskamp, the author of the book 1,000 Gifts, who I think is the go-to person on thankfulness besides the Word of God, <laughs> she has this to say. God asks us to give thanks in everything because this is the way you live through anything. Gratefulness isn't hard. It's forgetting to be grateful that makes life 
hard. 2020, the year forever marked by, well, you know, <laughs> has overwhelmed our thoughts and our attitudes for months. <laughs> in her book, Anne asks, how do we stay thankful in the middle of debt and divorce and death? And I think you'd agree with me that the 2020 version of that is how do we stay thankful in the middle of a pandemic, protests, politics, problems? Being thankful resets our focus beyond the burdens of every day to the blessings of right now. There is always, always, always something to be thankful for. <laughs> now, the last few years have been years of reset in the Eisenberg household. Finances, way of eating, <laughs> an attitude of thankfulness. Resetting is not particularly easy, and it takes strategy and follow-through change. And my flesh isn't particularly like change. Our decision to reset our finances was hard. But on the other side, we are so glad that we made the choice to reset. And so thankful that God gave us the grace to follow through. Now, I have also reset my way of eating again and again, and again. <laughs> in regards to that, I've often read a term that's called set point theory. And the idea behind that is that your body kind of has a weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, that it always wants to go back to. It's kind of a baseline that's comfortable for it, and some people say it's even kind of in your DNA, but you can change it. <laughs> that's a good point. You can change your set point, but it takes deliberate intention. What if we could get our default set point response and attitude to be one of thankfulness? It may not be there currently. We might kind of have our default at anger and grudgery, complaint, negativity. But I believe it's possible for all of us to reset when I become overwhelmed and negative, there's a protocol that if I will just implement it, I can get on the other side of that really quickly. It changes my emotions and attitude. And that protocol is leaning into the practice of being thankful. Now, you alone have the opportunity to hit the proverbial control-alt-delete <laughs> on your attitude. You know, Control-Alt-Delete, it's that combination of three keys that you hit, and it, it clears away anything that wasn't really working, and it reboots. <laughs> we could probably all benefit from a reboot just about now, a 2020 reboot. In this week before Thanksgiving, that's traditionally the season set aside to be thankful. But you know, I know you would agree with me. Thanksgiving is not about a season. <laughs> It needs to be our default set point response to everyday life all year long. Now, to help us retain our topics today, I'm going to use the word reset as an acronym to give practical and biblical uh, suggestions on how to reboot our attitude into thankfulness. Okay, so here we go. R. 
recall, recount, remember all that God has done for you in the past personally. And, you know, we, I tend to kind of have soul amnesia is what it's been described as. You know, we forget God's benefits. We forget all the ways that he's come to the rescue. But you know what? We're not alone. The Israelites were really known for that. And because of it, God would refer to them as disloyal. Oh, that hurts. God takes it personal when we do not remember. In Joshua 4, uh, there's, uh, it's, it's recounted that um, they were t- the Israelites were instructed to build an altar. And the reason for that was with 12 stones. And the reason for that was when the descendants were asked in the future, what, what, why do we have these 12 stones? They were to recall, recount, and remember what God had done for them in the past and tell them about the, how the Lord had dried up the ground, the, had dried up the ground to let them pass through the Jordan River. And he had also done it at the Red Sea. And when you think about think about how many ta- times that story is retold in the Bible over and over and over again. God wanted them to recall, recount, and remember because he knows that when you remember what he's done in the past, you trust him for the future. When we recall, recount, and remember, we become so familiar with God's footsteps that we quickly recognize his presence. When our son Michael was in middle school, uh, one afternoon he was in the cafeteria uh, for play practice. And I came in the front doors of the school. That was back in the day when you'd go in the front doors of the school without (laughs) something new. And I came in the front doors of the school, and he didn't know I was coming to the school that day. I was just walking down the long hall, and out ran Michael out of the cafeteria to greet me. I said, Michael. And he said, I heard your footsteps, and I knew it was you. It doesn't say a lot for my footsteps, but, but he recognized them. May we be so familiar with the footsteps of God as a result of, have, have, of having consistently recalled recounted and remembered, that we quickly recognize them when we see and hear them in everyday life. Recalling, recounting, remembering are all great steps to resetting our thankfulness. When we get to tea now, I'm going to tell you kind of my altar that helps me remember. Okay, E, Encounter God's character. Oh, there it is. Can y'all see that? It's kind of small. Can you see it? Okay. Encounter God's character. We need to go back to Scripture often and remind ourselves of God's goodness, faithfulness, and shepherd heart. Our culture is misguided concerning God's character and identity. Inferring that he is the author of all this confusion and chaos. I know a little bit about mistaken identity. This book that's up here, it was published a few years ago, White Trash. And it was written by Nancy Eisenberg. I can't tell you how many people have started following me on Instagram thinking I'm that Nancy Eisenberg. I'm not. Similarly, we don't want to be confused about God's identity and what he authors. No mistaken identity. 
meditating on verses describing God's true character, like Psalm 107.1, evoke a response of thankfulness. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. We have a passage from Lamentations framed and hanging on a wall in our house because we need this reminder of God's character every single day, every single morning. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Another version renders it this way. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. (laughs) His compassions never fail. This one passage recounts three gratitude-worthy character traits. God is loving, God is merciful, and God is faithful. No mistaken identity. Encountering God's character keeps us from being consumed. It pushes reset and encourages thankfulness. Okay, S, say so. I read the Bible mentions thanks 116 times. And 73 of those times, we are told to give thanks. It's not enough to just feel thankful. We need to express it. The Amplified Bible says this in Psalm 100. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say so. To him, bless him, and affectionately praise his name. Did you catch it? Be thankful and say so. Lately, I've really been reminded a lot of the importance of the spoken and the written word. In October, David and I went to Marble Falls um, for my dad's 90th birthday. Now, normally, we would have had a big multi-generational party to celebrate that, but because of COVID, just a very few of us were able to go. During the day, different people called and blessed him on the phone. You know, we had the cake, we opened the presents, he opened the presents, and after that, we all sat down in the living room, and he had this big stack of cards, birthday cards that people had sent. Family members, friends, the dentist, the financial advisor. I mean, everybody had sent cards. And so we sat down, and my dad opened each and every card and read aloud every word. Every word that the professional writers employed by Hallmark had printed, and every word personally penned. (laughs) We watched and listened as he sincerely took in every word of accolade, appreciation, and applause for a life well lived. (laughs) As he read each word slowly and aloud, it was obvious that he was deeply touched by those words. He would kind of stop and shake his head like he was saying, 
I can't believe they're saying all these nice things about me. And the truth is, these people, the call givers and the card givers, all thought these nice things about my dad all the time. But on his 90th birthday, they took the occasion to say so. <laughs> the Passion Translation gives another incentive for us to say so. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. Saying so resets my thankfulness. Okay, let's review. R, recall, recount, and remember all that God has done for you. E, encounter God's character. S, say so. Now we're to the other E, exclaim God's worthiness. Sometimes when we explain, exclaim God's worthiness, we reset our thankfulness, and sometimes we reset someone else's thankfulness. About 25 years ago, David was working a almost fully commissioned job. And you know when you're doing that, you have that kind of income, there's kind of this roller coaster thing that goes on. And so we were at this period in it that, I think maybe we were on, I don't know if that was the dip or what that was, but I had kind of a lot of stress. That's just the truth. My heart was heavy about it, and I was worried. That's just the honest truth. I was worried about it. So one morning, I dropped my three kids at that time off at school, and on the way home, I was just praying, Lord, you know I need a word from you today. I need a word because my heart's heavy, and I need to hear something straight from you. Well, I had a little errand to run, so I had to stop at the Home Depot real quick. And so I pulled in there. I got out of the car, and I was walking in, walking through the parking lot. And a man, I saw him walk and get in. He was about to get into his car. And he had a bumper sticker. And I know you all have seen this. It's been around a long time. The bumper sticker said, no, Jesus, no peace. But no, Jesus, no peace. I looked at it, and I was kind of passing him. I said, I like your bumper sticker. To which he stopped and looked straight at me, and he said, the Lord healed me, which I thought was a kind of odd and bold response to, I like your bumper sticker. But then I just kind of, you know, softly said, well, praise the Lord. And, he, and you know what? That's when it happened. He looked me straight in the eye and said with a voice that still makes my heart beat fast, he said, he is worthy. I knew immediately that that was my word. Immediately I knew. <clears throat> Wide-eyed, I nodded. He got in his car and left. I turned around and got back in my car. Home Depot could wait. I had a word from the Lord. <laughs> and I had a mission. I went home, got my Bible, sat in my blue recliner, and for the next several hours, I poured over all the verses that I could that talked about God's worthiness of praise. And to my surprise, not one verse said anything about my circumstances. Not a thing. Nothing was based. His worthiness is not based on our circumstances. Not at all. Some of the verses included, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. 
By the time I picked up Alyssa and Meredith and Jonathan that day from school, I knew that they were not the only ones that attended school that day. Their mama had been schooled. <laughs> when our eyes are on God's greatness, it diminishes our problems. It makes them seem smaller. The rest of that story, this is just the truth, and I'm going to tell it out. The rest of the story is that very quickly after that, even though nothing changed that day, very quickly things just started coming together really quickly in David's work and where it was just like, oh my goodness. And I know that, you know, it was just this little sweetness of God because this had been a big moment for me to really understand his worthiness. I know, I really believe that it was being thankful and then receiving a miracle to us. It, it, was, it was that big. <laughs> okay, we're to T. Take inventory of big and small blessings, gifts, and everyday graces. Now, I am a list maker, so this discipline makes sense to me. But I would encourage all of you, get a journal, write it down, or write it on scraps of paper and put it in a jar. I have that too. Grab an envelope, a post-it note, whatever, a construction paper turkey. Just write down things that you're thankful for. I've personally kept a list off and on since 2011. Now, hear me say that, off and on. No perfection here, yeah. off and on. Since 2011, when I originally read Anne's book. But really, my journal is kind of like that altar that I talked about, because I can go back and look at it. It's a visual helping me to remember the big and little graces and times that God has shown his love and favor. Now, even the hard things of life are to be added to your list. After all, the word says, be grateful in everything. It has been said that if you don't include hardships, you've miscounted. Yesterday, I was reading this to our daughter, Alyssa, and when I got to that part, she said, Mom, are you sure? <laughs> I totally got it. I said, and it's the bit I read the next part that I was going to say, I said, you know, it kind of makes us cringe a little bit, doesn't it? I'm not promoting or suggesting that we write, thank you for the pandemic. <laughs> thank you that my husband and father of four just passed away suddenly. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, we thank God that he is present and faithful and in control in the difficult times. We thank him that he won't waste the pain, that he knows how to make something beautiful out of something ugly. I've heard it said somewhere, God wastes nothing. He is the original recycler, after all. <laughs> Psalm 50, verse 23 says, those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me sacrifice of thanksgiving. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. Now, some people's list, like Anne's list, it's poetic. It's beautiful the way she lists those things. And mine is not so much like that. But you know, I kind of opened mine up and I just thought, I'm going to give y'all just a little peek into what my journal looks like. Number nine, the smell of morning coffee brewing. Ooh, love that. <laughs> 
Number 47, Meredith's getting into grad school and her engagement. She's in there all, all, all over the place. But. Number 75, sound of my kid's laughter when I'm falling asleep in the bed at night. Number 90, Jaira's successful surgery that was in there from years ago. Number 231, very hard. This was a hard one. It was Alyssa and Thomas's breakup. I felt like we had a death in the family. Now, <laughs> they're married now, and they have a child, and, and she's pregnant. But at the time, I wrote that in there and because I was like, Lord, we need you to be present in this. This is so difficult. And he was. He was. Number 324, David's kindnesses. Yeah. Number 378, Jonathan passed the nursing exam. Number 500, the fall through of the cell of our home. Number 985, the Living Hope Virtual Choir. And number 1001, the final Baylor payment. <laughs> number 1052, the pregnancy of Alyssa following a miscarriage. There are so many numerations of Donnie and Thomas and Julianne, who are the spouses of our children, as well as our own children and our grandchildren, but also many, many, many names of people that are in this room and people that are watching online. Every single woman that we were in that class three years ago on thankfulness, your names are in my journal. Every single name. I love going back and reading all that list. A lot of life has happened in nine years. <laughs> Hard happenings and happy happenings. I didn't stop at 1,000. I kept going because the listing the things that represent God's graces during these years is kind of a chronological catalog of his faithfulness, of his faithfulness. My thankfulness switch is reset every time I go back and read those entries. And every time I contribute to the list from my everyday scavenger hunt of God's goodness. Okay, so that's our five. Recall, recount, remember, encounter God's character, say so, Exclaim God's worthiness and take inventory of the big and small blessings. Now we're going to take a little turn and we're going to talk about this. Why? Why does God tell us to give thanks in all circumstances? I believe it's because he knows that a thankful heart unlocks treasures in our lives. When I recently sat down at my desk at work, and I actually read the verbiage that was on the screen, it said, to unlock, press Control-Alt-Delete. I was kind of amused by that and kind of had an aha moment. Sticking with our analogy, not only do we reset and reboot our thankfulness, but once we've done that reboot, there's an additional function. Something is unlocked. <laughs> once the reboot of thankfulness has occurred, the things that are unlocked are joy, trust, and peace. 
That is a trilogy of treasures. And who doesn't want more of that trilogy of treasures right now in 2020 and going forward all year long and into next year? Now, these treasures are all interrelated, meaning there's a direct correlation between being thankful and the swelling of joy, trust, and peace. Here's just a few little nuggets from 1,000 Gifts. She's the queen at one-liners. The height of our joy is dependent on the depth of our thankfulness. Thankfulness always parents joy. Trusting God is my most urgent need. That one always gets me. It is thankfulness that shapes the theology of trust. Thanks feeds our trust. And gratitude is the memory of the heart. Many nuggets in the Bible, too, of course. This one from Psalm 40. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord. In Zach's sermon last week, he listed thanksgiving as one of the pathways to peace. He, too, encouraged us to be making a list of what we're thankful for. And in that very familiar passage in Philippians 4, it notes that the peace of God is a result of the prayer of thanksgiving. Now, obviously, thanksgiving is a recurring theme all throughout the Bible. And Jesus is our prime example. He gave thanks prior to feeding the 5,000 when all he had was five loaves and two fish. He gave thanks before raising Lazarus from the dead when all he had was the stench of a dead body and the sobs of friends and family. He gave thanks 12 hours before his crucifixion, days before the resurrection. Now, these truths... Jesus offered that prayer of thanksgiving at difficult times. That's why I want to make that point, that it's at difficult times that he would make it, and then something miraculous would happen. Thanking God in all things. Now, these are not new truths, but my prayer is that today we have hit the reset button on their importance. Maybe some of us didn't realize the emphasis God places on thankfulness that it's his will, or the truth that thankfulness unlocks and unpacks treasures of joy, trust, and peace. But I hope that we will embrace and be newly engaged with the truth surrounding God's plan for us to be thankful. After all, it's his will. May we have a newfound enthusiasm for this truth. The same enthusiasm that our daughter, Adelaide, displayed a few years ago. She was three at the time when she was communicated a new truth that she didn't know before. And it was highlighted to her. Zach had been preaching on the family. And apparently, Meredith and Donnie had been having these little conversations at home about their little family of three. So the next Sunday, we were standing in the lobby, and I was talking with Addie. All of a sudden, she got this wide-eyed look on her face, and like she had something that she remembered she wanted to tell me. And she said, Nene, my daddy has a wife. 
And that is him. <laughs> I followed her finger, and thankfully it was Meredith. <laughs> it was Meredith. This had been true all along, all along. But she was just discovering the importance of it. In closing, when we put that Christmas tree up today, like I said that we hope to do, I'll open the boxes <laughs> and I'll smile as I unpack all the ornaments because they're like little treasures to me. I always refer to our Christmas tree as a memory tree. It's pretty and I have pretty things to put on it, but really it's pretty sentimental. <laughs> Besides the pretty things that I put on there, we'll, we will decorate and adorn it with homemade gingerbread men that are about a decade old, but they're still fine. They were made for hanging on the tree. And along with handmade things that my children made in their childhood, plus nostalgic ornaments that used to hang on my mother's tree. They're part of my inheritance. <laughs> And just as surely as we open those boxes and get the ornaments out, in a few weeks, we'll carefully pack them up again for another year. In 1988, a Christmas song titled All Year Long was released. The artist was Lornell Harris. If your hair's my color, you might remember this. The lyrics describe the scene of putting away the Christmas things after Christmas, and the young son asks Larnell, do we put away Jesus too? Larnell's melodious response is the chorus of the song. All year long, we must worship day by day. All year long, tis the season to obey. May the Christmas tree lights and the sleigh rides at night remind us all to stay in God's presence all year long. God's presence come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Memories will dress and adorn our Christmas tree. But my hope for every one of us is that the memories of what God has done for us, including the provision of Jesus, our treasure, that those will adorn and literally decorate our very lives all year long. May people witness the unlocked, unpacked, treasures of a thankful heart, the joy, the trust, the peace, the very presence of God that are displayed in the love of our smile, the hope in our eyes, the kindness in our words and actions, and the peace in our responses. Happy Thanksgiving, church, and happy thanks living. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, again, here we are, the fellowship of the thankful. I am so thankful for this body and so thankful for your sacrifice of Jesus 
so that we can have the treasure of him in our heart every day. Lord, I thank you for that treasure. May we live out our thankfulness with joy and trust and peace and love all year long. We praise you, Lord. We are thankful. You are worthy. In Jesus' name.